Welcome to the Hoops Cultures Podcast, where we talk about all things basketball. We got a special guest, my boy Ramel. Yo, what's up? Yeah. Yo, what's up? It's Ramel, Alton's former teammate, one of my classmates. I just love talking about basketball, so let's get to it. Yes, sir. He's a big Knicks fan. He got lock-up defense in real life, so, you know, he, he, he he's pretty good in real life. I'll tell you that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, we're both Knicks fans, so that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna talk about the Knicks. Like, um, what are your, what are your thoughts on the off season specifically? Like, um, every all the moves made, guys we let go, guys we signed, guys we resigned. You know, but what are your thoughts? So I love the consistency with Leon Rose bringing back oh, like some of the key guys. Yeah, yeah. I low key, I would have liked Reggie Bullock over Alec Burks, but it's okay. Um. I don't know why when people when we signed Evan Fournier and everybody thought that was the end of our all season, I was cool with it. I thought I was a solid all season, but getting getting Kemba Walker made it even better for me. How about you? Yeah, I I think just getting Kemba Walker for eight mil a year was even just a lot better because he was overpaid for like that entire year. Yeah. And just getting him for eight mil is crazy. And especially like Evan Fournier was a good pickup because he's just gonna score the ball for us. Like losing losing Reggie Bullock hurts, but like Evan Fournier is a good uh good replacement. My yeah, opinion. we picked up two great shot creators that we didn't have in the playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs sure. all we had was Derrick Rose, who could really create a shot for himself. So it's yeah. going to be a good season. And it opens up uh, a lot of shots for Randall and R.J. Barrett, which was pretty hard this playoffs because like they were kind of getting clogged in the lane every time, so they couldn't really get a shot, and they always had to settle for like awkward jumpers. Yeah, so yeah, the the floor is going to be way more open, especially since Mitch Robinson is back. RJ and Mitch Robinson can run those pick and rolls again. Yeah, yeah. I just sure. feel like the offense the offense going to move way more fluidly than it did last year. Yeah, um, I think I think the defense is going to be a, a little bit better this year. Like, even though we lost Reggie Bullock, I think with uh, more experience, we'll be a top three defense again this year, and. Um, offense is obviously going to skyrocket a little bit more with two more shot creators like Evan Fournier and Kimball Walker. Um, do you see any trades happening uh, this year? Um, I also agree with you with the defense because I feel like everybody forgets how good Mitch is at defense. Yeah, for sure. He just got to stay healthy. Yeah, just staying healthy. That's his only problem. But um, as of for trades, I don't unless we're going out getting a superstar, I don't feel like we're pulling any little trades this year. I feel like we're just going to stick through with it yeah. unless a great superstar becomes available. Yeah, for sure. I was saying, like, I don't think there's going to be any trades for, like, bench players at all. I think it's just going to be either superstar trade or no trade at all. Just keep the same squad. It's going to be hard to compete in the East, especially with, like, a lot of teams getting better, like Miami, um, Indiana being, you know, Indiana, they're going to have a full squad. Brooklyn's going to have their full squad again and uh Milwaukee and you know Philadelphia they're going to they're going to reload and see what they can do in the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting. But um what what do you think about that? Like the other teams? Yeah, I think the East definitely did get a lot more tougher this year with the Chicago Bulls, Adam Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan. That's going to be a little bit tough. Um I I I think we're going to take a step back in the seating. Yeah, I I think I I don't think we're gonna be bad enough 
to where we're like we're in the play-in, but I think we'll, we'll be like sixth. I don't think we're gonna have home court advantage this playoffs, for sure. But um, yeah, I'm I'm actually curious. Like, what what do you think RJ Barrett's like gonna do this year? I feel like RJ Barrett's going for that twenty this year. I feel like. Last year he shot the ball incredibly well, but he's gonna take a step back from three point percentage. Yeah, I feel like he's gonna start hitting those mid ranges as he was taking last year, but just couldn't hit. Yeah, but I sure. feel like his playmaking is gonna go up. He's gonna have to be the best perimeter defender on the team now. So yeah, um, I think I think he could uh, have a good case for most improved this year. I think I think he's gonna take the step in as like not more so the leader since like we have Randall still, but. He's gonna show flashes of just being that number one guy, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then um, Julius Randle, I think he'll have another great season. Say, I, I think it'll be same as last year. I don't think it's gonna be a fluke. Um, I could see him not really like uh, the same volume as last year, but just still a great a great season. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like. His 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 points per game is is gotta come down. Adding Evan Fournier and Kevin Walker, but like, yeah. I feel like his field goal percentage and three point percentage might go a little bit higher. Seeing that, like you can't really double him now because you got all these threats on the court. Yeah, you don't have to worry about Alfred Payton like guard him, guarding <laughs> Alfred Payton from the paint. Bro, he was he was terrible. Yeah, he was kind of bad. Yeah, the, well, it's the really Suns' problem now. Yeah, <laughs> Suns' problems now. So yeah, but anyway, yeah, I feel like. He's gonna have another jump in playmaking too. He's gonna he's gonna be all star this year. Yeah, I, I think he'll I think he'll be back in the all star game. I think we might have a first time all star in RJ Barrett this year. That's why that's how I'm Hopefully feeling. Hopefully, crossing my fingers. Yeah, that would be that would be huge for New York just to see a young guy in the all star game, especially yeah. two all stars. That would be that would be great. Um, thoughts on Obi Toppin? Like, what what do you think? How does he fit on this team? It's pretty tough huh. to say. Very conflicted with Obi Toppin because, like, where does his minutes come from? Yeah. He really has to play defense to get these minutes, and he's going to have to get minutes at center because Tibbs not taking Julius out the game. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Julius or RJ is going to ever come out of the game. Yeah, so, like, he has to really fight for those minutes, those backup center minutes, and Nerlens Noel is a beast, so it's like... Yeah. I unless think somebody's so. getting hurt, like... Um, Cross my fingers, no one gets injured. Unless somebody gets hurt, like I don't see where he's getting his minutes from. Yeah, I I think the only way is either he moves he moves full time to small forward, but then again he can't shoot well enough to to play at the three, and he's not quick enough. So it's like a really awkward fit. Cause yeah, I feel like you know how does he fit I at feel all? Like if they run Julius in. Obi and one of them has to be the three. I'd probably go Julius. I feel like Julius could probably sit and guard a little bit more of the dudes. But he just has to get his vertical quickness, lateral quickness up to guard those threes. He has to get his weight up to guard the bigs. Like I feel like the only position he could play is a four, and that's like yeah, the worst. It's like kind of like right in the middle, but like yeah. it's already clogged. Not even just for backup spots. It's just because Julius is never going to come out of the game. Yeah, so it's like. I'm I'm hoping that playing behind Julius doesn't like alter his career in like a bad way because like yeah yeah my my thing with him is that like if he the the way he plays is so weird because 
one, his jumper is very slow. You you, you ever realize yeah. that? Like how slow yeah, his jumper so is? Easy. All he does is shoot from the corner. It goes in sometimes, but yeah. it's easy to get out there on that shot. Yeah, he can never like take it off the dribble and just like go for a pull up mid. That's the only yeah. thing. And he plays like Amari Stoudemire, in my opinion. But like, if if the team's not basing their offense around plays to to get him on cuts or pick and rolls, <laughs> then what's the point yeah. of having him on the squad? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. One thing I can say, Obi does bring like. I don't, our fans just love Obi Toppin. Like he's definitely yeah, the hype. Fan favorite. Thing. Fan favorite, most definitely. And he's always that energy guy. Yeah, we definitely need him for the energy. Cause you know, full garden, he gets a he gets a dunk or something. Everyone's going crazy. Yeah, and he's playing with a lot better guards too now. Like Reggie Bullock, Reggie Bullock couldn't really create for him, but Evan Fournier, Kemba, D Rose again yeah. quickly. You've got like, a lot of guys. Yeah. And, um, Emmanuel Quickly, another guy in his draft class who probably had the most surprising season out of any rookie. Uh, I think I think he's going to – I think he'll take a step back in scoring. Yes, a little bit. But I, but I feel like he's just going to be a better player because I think his defense is going to become even better. Um, we all know what he could do at, like, three-point sniper. And I, I just can't wait to see what he does. I hope I hope we never trade him. I, I really love his game. Yeah, I see him like that six man role, like just come off the bench as a spark plug. And he he showed everybody in the summer league that I was talking about he can't be a point guard that he could play make. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm very excited for Emmanuel Quickly's future. Yeah, for sure. Where where do you think Alec Burks and like Taj Gibson fits into this offense? Like I, I don't I don't think they fit in at all, to be honest. I think Chips is going to run that three-man guard lineup with Alex Burks quickly and um, D-Rose like he did last year to, like, bring that offense off the bench. Yeah, one, I think the Knicks have a very good bench, like one of the best benches in the league. Yeah, and for sure. Todd is there as that backup big man because knowing our centers, we might need him. Yeah, for sure, bro. It's like Nerland's, Nerland's actually managed to stay more healthier than Robinson, but, like, Robinson – He's like made out of glass sometimes. Like, it's just like it looks like he gets hurt on every play, and then eventually he does get hurt. Like you know, hopefully yeah. that doesn't happen this year again. But the thing about Mitch, like, it gets me a little excited. He added on eighty pounds, so it's like eighty. Yeah, that's that's pretty big. Yeah. So what, what do you think he weighs now? Probably like two two ninety something like that. Yeah, around that. Damn. So he's not no thin guy no more. So yeah, it'll be good. Hopefully, you know. Prevent some injuries. Yeah, prevent some injuries. Hopefully, it doesn't slow down his mobility because he was pretty good at guarding the guards. Yeah, for sure. Rolls. Can't wait to see that. Um, yeah, can't wait. What do you, what do you think? Like, if the Knicks were to trade for a superstar, what would like the package around that superstar be like? Like three superstars you would want the Knicks to, tra- to trade for. All right, so we're gonna have to give some contracts to make money work and some young talent and some picks. So. Already off the list, you can scratch off RJ and Julius. You're not going nowhere. Yeah, no way. No way. You could throw the Mavericks pick, the Charlotte pick, and, like, depending on the superstar, you're going to have to give up a Knicks first or two. Yeah, for sure. And a couple seconds, I think. A couple seconds, that most definitely. And then it depends, like, where you want to go. Because if you're getting a guard, I say Obi Toppin. 
some filler contracts like Alec Burks or Evan Fournier. Somebody just filled the contracts, make the contracts yeah. work. Yeah, and those picks. Yeah, but like, I think for sure too. It was rumored like Cat, like Carl Anthony Towns, really, because of him and yeah, because of him and Julius's like friendship or whatever. Oh shoot, that would be that would be huge for New York. Bonafide yeah. like superstar on the squad. So like Cat, I think you go a little bit less, but like give up Mitchell Robinson, Obi yeah. Toppin, couple picks, but like yeah. Uh, what about you? I well, I actually. Like, now that I'm hearing the cat stuff, it, it makes sense because if he gets frustrated with, like, Minnesota, and I'm pretty sure he's from, like, Jersey or something like that. Yeah, he's very close. To yeah, Chocolate. so it's, like, it makes sense why he would want to go to the Knicks. Um, I think I think if he actually does get frustrated with Minnesota after the season, I could see, I could see him requesting a trade to go to New York. I don't know what the package will look like. I mean, Minnesota is really not looking good as a team in general. Yeah. So like they would the the trade value would automatically go low if he's just like really really frustrated it's, you know kind of like yeah, what Ben yeah. Simmons has right now yeah um I don't know I I would say probably Bradley Beal is like the main t- the main one because he's obviously the biggest um the biggest star yeah like, star yeah. who's like most likely to get traded um I think I think what we would have to give up I don't think we would give up RJ but I think. Robinson would probably have to go. Obi, um, some of the some of the guys we drafted this season, like Quentin Grimes, uh, Jericho Sims, and like yeah. a lot of picks. I got a question. What's up? All right, so we're most likely going to have to play Mitch. I mean, pay Mitch this this upcoming all season. Would you rather pay him or trade him and get more assets? Um, I, I don't know. I, I I saw that he would probably get around like fifteen million. He's he's gonna be our future. If we really want him as a future center, I pay him the fifteen million. Yeah, that's not bad. Comparing to Nerlens, I think Nerlens got like twelve, right? Yeah, Nerlens got like twelve million, and you have two bat, two centers who could, who could equally play play like good minutes and are good yeah. players on defense, which which like fits Tibbs' system. So why would you mess that up trying to get like another backup to backup Noel? Like unless you're getting yeah. a star like Cat, you know. I'd say yeah. keep it with Mitchell because he's still very young. And he's very young. Very well talented. Better, better player, you know? Yeah. For sure. Um, what about Dame? Would you like Dame in, in New York? I would love Dame in New York. I feel like for Dame, we might have to give up RJ. And yeah. like, I think the, I just trade, the trade value is a lot bigger for him, especially since yeah. like what he's done in Portland. Dame is just a different breed, like. Dame is crazy. Like you definitely would have to give up RJ. I don't know if I could wrap my head around giving up RJ. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, it's 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 RJ, but like then again, it is Dame, so it's like, you, it's it's like a win lose situation. Yeah, because I think RJ could blossom into a, a great player, like great player in the league, like top thirty, top twenty type player in the league. Yeah, like everybody's sleeping on RJ season. Like RJ is like one of the players that everybody loves to hate, but like. Yeah, it's because it's because he's a, he's a Knicks he he's a Knicks player. That's why it's yeah. funny to make fun of the Knicks. Yeah, but like he had a great season last year. Forty yeah, percent. He, he had a better season, season than John Morant. John Morant. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And everybody thought Tyler Hero was better. And like, come on now, that's just disrespectful. <laughs> like you put RJ on the Heat that year, RJ would would probably have a better season. 
Yeah, like, and what was Tyler Hero going to do for us? Exactly. It's just like, it, it's all about system because how are you going to, you, you can't judge who's better after the rookie year because some people are saying Kyle Kuzma was better than Jason Tatum his rookie year. Yeah, those people, yeah. And like, look at look at that. the look at it now. Kyle Kuzma's on his third team. I mean, no, second yeah. team. Sorry, and and Jason Tatum's one of the best players in the league. Yeah. So I I hate when people just judge after the first season. Like you have to wait two, three, four seasons for that to happen. Talking about Kyle Kuzma, I have a question. It's kind of off topic, but now you good. Where do you? I I feel like the Wizards have a like pretty well rounded team. Where do you see the Wizards? In the um Eastern Conference standings, mm, I I th- honestly, I'd say probably like eight to seven, eight to seven because they have a lot of like guys who could just play on the team. So it's like maybe yeah. they fit Brad better because I think Brad and Dinwiddie is going to be an underrated backcourt duo. Yeah, everybody's sleeping on Dinwiddie. It's just like because he's coming off the ACL injury, so it's like a little different to like you yeah. know. Um, say how good he's gonna be, but like, bro, Dinwiddie was a beast in Brooklyn. Like, he was just scoring easy and everything. Effortlessly. Exactly. So you put a score with a score together, and Dinwiddie will know to give up shots with uh, with um, Bradleyville. Yeah, with Brad. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see because like Westbrook was hard harder to play with because he couldn't shoot. So yeah. kind of like eliminated a lot of shots for Brad, even though he was averaging like thirty points. But it was just a lot harder to score in crunch time, you know. Yeah. With a guy like Dinwiddie, you could like kick it out to him in the in the oh, clutch and just. Like, Dinwiddie. Oh, remember Dinwiddie in the in the clutch in Brooklyn? He was unbelievable. Yeah, him, him and D'Lo, yeah, like him and D'Lo, they fit so yeah. well together. And then D'Lo up, upgrading D'Lo to Bradley Bill, that's insane. Yeah. I think I think they're going to be a sleeper team because a lot of people are saying, "Oh, they're not going to make the playoffs." Yeah, when, that, that's my opinion too. Yeah, like they got um, Rui Hachimura as well, who's going to get even better, way better. And yeah, he's a um, you got Trez Kuzma could have a decent season. Um, Denny Avdia, who got drafted uh, a year ago. Corey Kispert too. Yeah, Corey that's Kispert, great. amazing in college. Yeah, it, it's going to be it's Gaffer. an interesting team for the Wizards. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Can't wait to see what they do. But um what was I gonna say? Um what what NBA player would you under twenty five years old would you pick to build a franchise? Three NBA players, who would you pick and give like a reasoning? My top three? Yeah, top three. Under twenty five. Alright, so I know this everybody's answer, like probably the majority is gonna choose it, but like Luka Doncic is just Unbelievable. Yeah. Bro. Go go potential. Go potential, really. Get him some help and he's really unbelievable. So my first choice would be Luka Doncic. So like he literally does everything. Yeah. He could pick it up on the defense a little bit, but like <laughs> think well, I'm a Knicks fan, so thinks that they traded for Porzingis, but if they get another star around there, it might be a problem in Dallas. Yeah, and they're already a pretty big problem just just based off of like Having Luca and Porzingis like two presences, two presences who could just score like with ease. Yeah, that's insane. That duo over there. Yeah, they're too talented. Um, my second player I would choose is Jason Tatum. Yeah, Jason Tatum for sure. He's really just a bucket, and like 
I feel like he's going to be a future MVP soon. Yeah, I, I can see that too. Yeah, he's so young. The Celtics, I don't know what they should do if they should break up him and Jalen Brown because, like, they don't have the same game, but, like, they're both ISO scorers, so I don't know about that. I was actually, like, we we could just go on to that right now. I don't think that duo is going to work at all just because of the fact that, like, a lot of players, anonymous players who played with them in the past said they literally don't want to create for anybody else. They just want to score the ball. Yeah. So it's like. You have two guy, two alpha males like that on the team. It never works. It yeah, never so. works for the for the long run. They might not have a bad relationship, but it's not going to work for the team. You know, on the basketball court, yeah, yeah, for sure. So they could probably get something pretty good value for Jalen Brown too. So yeah, because I don't think in no way they're trading Jason Tatum. So yeah, no, nah, you can't. Jalen Brown can't trade Jason Tatum. Yeah. Uh, who's your third guy? My third guy. I'm, as a Knicks fan, this pains pains me to say it, but <laughs> I know you I gotta go. I gotta go, Trey Young. Yeah, I mean, you gotta admit I, it. Like, he's yeah, a I gotta player. admit it. Like, I'm a little bit salty. Me and Trey Young got problems. I'm not gonna speak <laughs> on that right now, but like after seeing what he did in the playoffs, like he's honestly just an amazing talent. Yeah, he didn't have to real. pick a bow on my Knicks like that. That was pretty disrespectful. But if I was a GM, I'm choosing Trey Young as my third. Under twenty five player, he's yeah. just amazing. Like, for sure. took the Bucks to six. He upset. Well, yeah, he upset the Knicks and he upset the Sixers too. Nobody thought. Yeah. Nobody thought they were going to beat the Sixers at all. I didn't. I didn't think that. I didn't think at all because I was thinking they were just like too young to beat like an experienced Sixers team. But shit, yeah. I thought. I thought the Sixers had the defense on lot. Matisse, Thybul, Ben Simmons, and Danny Green, and nobody. I just, could thought, I just thought Joel was going to be too much for them. Clint Clint held his own in that paint though. Yeah, for real. He's I don't even know why they picked up on Yeka Kongu when they literally had Clint Capella. Yeah. That made no sense to me, but you know, I guess I guess it works cuz he's like a certified backup big and like Clint could just start. Yeah, so they got a nice option off the bench. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, that's a that's a good top 3. Yeah, who would you go with? Um obviously, yeah, number 1, Luka. Luke yeah. is just like, it's funny because you see his game and you're like, damn, he's so slow, but he's just like killing everybody. He just knows how to control the game. It's kind of like, it that, really does a, remind me of like a LeBron type player. That's like when you and Jamal was talking about that in the other podcast about the these players coming from like playing professional with grown men for like 14. Yeah. Like that, like as you can see in Luca, like that's really going to be crazy yeah that's the whole like that was the whole reason to why like as soon as he came in like his first game he was just dominating now in his what it is gonna be his fourth season and he's a leading mvp candidate right now so like yeah i think i think he's gonna be one of the greatest players of all time which is crazy to say like from now but bro like the way the rate he's playing right now he's definitely gonna be one of the greatest players of all time most definitely yeah but uh, second player, obviously Jason Tatum, um, just a great player who could really do everything you ask him to do on offense, just score the yeah. ball. Um, it's crazy because like he's he's six eleven, I think six eleven. Yeah, did he grow? Yeah, he definitely did grow. Yeah, his his first year he was six eight. Now he's six eleven. So, and he already has all those like 
moves that are just unguardable. His sidestep is so elite. It's insane. Yeah, no, his dribble moves are way so underrated. Well, he did the Giannis, that game winner. That was one of the craziest yeah. shots I've ever and it's just like that wing, that wing three gets that sidestepping just into a three. It's like it looks so effortless, but like if I were to try that move, I look so stupid doing it. Yeah, me too. Like he's really one of those players, like like a KD type player, get whatever shot he wants, and he's gonna make it. Yeah, for sure. Who would you say like his old NBA player like comparison is? Like if you were to compare him to like an old player. Dang, so old player. Uh. That one caught me off guard, but I'm going to think of one. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> like, he's honestly. like 6'11 and can do everything. Yeah. It's crazy. I would I honestly to... say Melo. Carmelo. Oh, yeah, he definitely does get his Melo back. I feel like I feel like Carmelo, like Denver Nugget days. Like... Yeah, I was about to say because he's definitely more explosive than like Nick's Melo. So, yeah, definitely Denver Nuggets Carmelo. Like, the way he just scores is so simple. Like, their their triple threat game is pretty simple, similar as well. I'd see a little bit of Kobe and Jason Tatum, but I see way more mellow. Way more mellow. I was gonna say Kobe. I was like the height difference a little bit off, but like yeah. I I just feel like Kobe was a way better defender than Jason Tatum was, or is right now. Um, but definitely Jason Tatum and Mellow. Uh, a bit of Paul Pierce with just like the step back and um, you know, uh, a three moving like that. You know, it's it. They're all yeah. pretty similar. I, I definitely saw the Pope here, especially his rookie year. He's a little bit slow. Yeah. But now, like, he's picking up speed to where just, like, one dribble, change of speed, get, pat, get by a guy. It's, and he's yeah. very athletic. Yeah, I feel like Jason Tatum's athleticism definitely slept on him. Yeah, for sure. But um, the third guy, I'm not going to name Trey Young because, <laughs> no, I'm not naming him. Trust me, it broke my heart to do it. <laughs> but, bro, I'm going to go. I'm gonna go sleep sleeper pick right here, De'Aaron Fox. Oh, D Fox? Yeah. Bro. That's tough. Bro, De'Aaron Fox is so underrated only because he plays on the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, they really need to get that kid some help. It's not fair. I feel bad for Kings fans. It's like I, I talked about it a million times. How you get how you have De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese, Tyrese Halliburton? Corey Joseph and Buddy Hield, and you're gonna draft Davion Mitchell, who's another guard. That that was a really like I'm not gonna say like dumb pick because Davion Mitchell is like a great player, but yeah. like that could really like tremendously affect his career coming off the bench. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's like it doesn't make sense to me, but hopefully the Kings have a plan. It's not just wasting De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Hield, and Tyrese Halliburton's yeah. career because like. You had four years of De'Aaron Fox, and he hasn't made the playoffs once. Once. That, that whole organization, like, everybody used to trash the Knicks, but, like, Bro, that whole— the Kings are way—the Kings—I'm pretty sure the Kings don't even have a championship. Yeah, like, the Kings—like, since DeMarcus Cousins days, never got him any help. Yeah. When they had DeMarcus Cousins, they decided to get Hassan Whiteside, Willie Collison, like— now you have De'Aaron Fox and you get three more guards on top of him. I just don't understand what they would exactly. do sometimes. Like, well, one of the reasons I would pick De'Aaron Fox is that he averages 25 points, 7 assists, uh, 1.5 steals, you know, uh, 3.5 rebounds. I, I'm looking at the stats right now. But, bro, he's like, he's like so quick and athletic. And he's Fox is playing a league. Like, yeah, so 
like his rookie year, he couldn't shoot. So you could play him back a little bit. Now, since he can shoot and he has that speed, he's like really tough to guard. Yeah, I think like I think he could be better than what John Wall was in his in his prime because I th- I feel like Darren Fox is like um like he'll he'll he's more like willing to like move around and stuff like off the ball, not always have the ball in his hands. Yeah. Which um you know gives the team an advantage because then you can't you don't have to just run the offense through him. He could just move around and stuff. I feel like I feel like uh, give him next year. He's gonna have an even better season and like really put the league on notice. That's why I'd pick him. I, I think I think he could be better than Trey Young. Honestly, I just feel Ooh. like I just feel like the team that he's on is like killing him. Literally yeah. killing him. Like they don't know what's going on. Marvin Bagley's dad is always coming at the organization every five seconds. Yeah, and they're, they're ruining trade... his career too. But Marvin Bagley. Yeah. Marvin Bagley's not bad. I don't know why people. Yeah, say he's, he's not a bad, a bad player. NBA player. Yeah, he's um, literally his first year. He was good, and then he just dropped off because he stopped getting minutes. It makes no sense. Luke Walton is a terrible coach. I'd also Yo, like to add that, bro. He's the worst coach in the NBA. I'm jacking. Why the worst, he's still around? The worst coach in the NBA. How he didn't win with how he didn't make the playoffs with LeBron with only. the Lakers team. Like how, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Come on, like, and he's gonna ruin. He's gonna ruin all those young guys' career. Like I remember in 2019, they were ninth in the in the Western Conference, and they were like really close to making a playoff team, but like. The West was so competitive. They had a positive record, but like, yeah. they couldn't beat out the Clippers because the Clippers won 48 games or something like that. So, bro, they had this coach, I, I think Dave, Dave Yeager. Bro, they fired him after that season. Yeah, just Makes to go no backwards sense. in the standings. Makes no sense at all. They're going to make the play-in probably this year, but they're not going to the playoffs. I feel like it's a playoff. They have to make the playoffs after all these years. Can you, like, search up how long the Kings playoff drought was real quick? I'm pretty sure, bro. I'm pretty sure it's, like, 17-plus years. That's insane. I feel like that's, for a franchise, that's terrible. Yeah, last last time they made the playoffs was 2006. Yeah, no, no, that's terrible. And I feel so bad the, for their organ. They're just an unlucky organization. Like, um, yeah. the, the, the Lakers-Kings conference finals, all the Kings fans know about that. Oh, yeah, no. Nah. They did get a... Screwed, I'm not gonna lie. They really did because like and bro, they already found some of those refs too. like um caught cheating for like gambling on their own games that they were officiating. Yeah. yeah. Bro, that's pretty bad. Like they really the league really wanted uh the, the, Lakers. <laughs> the Lakers to win that bad, so they just cheated the Kings out of a championship. That's terrible. That that Kings team was so much fun too. Yeah, bad. They had uh, Mike Bibby, I think. Um, Chris Peja, Weber. my favorite from that team. Peja? Yeah. Yeah, no, he was knockdown shooter. He was not missing anything. Oh, talking about knockdown shooters, I like to congratulate, even though he probably will never, like, I don't know if J.J. Reddick tuned in, but congratulate J.J. Reddick on a great career. Yeah. Con- congratulations, J.J. Reddick. Yeah. yeah. Clap it up, clap it up. <laughs> clap it up. Clap for J.J. Yeah, he man, nah. JJ Redick was really, uh, really that guy. He was yeah, really most that definitely. Guy. He was he was fun to watch, just like especially because me, like I'm a shooter, so like I implement more yeah. like off ball stuff, like off ball movement into my game. It's just like it works so much, just coming off the screen, just footwork, trying to get a defender off of your back. Everybody think that's easy, but like 
it's really it really fun. yeah you gotta he has really good conditioning to just run around the court for 48 minutes like that's insane yeah he was he was a very very like good player for such a long time he didn't really have like a a big drop off in, in in like his later years at all yeah but yeah nah jj reddick uh great player enjoy it enjoy life you know yeah he's got That's millions of dollars good. so he's chilling <laughs> yeah he is chilling yeah but um yeah i think we're gonna we're gonna call it an episode it was a pretty good episode appreciate you raw for joining in thanks for having me I had a lot of fun of course bro you can get on you'll get on um i think we'll try to get you on uh this friday if you want all right yeah sounds cool all right bro uh all right uh see you guys later uh see you guys friday peace